When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, happy Thursday, and welcome to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What is going on, everybody? Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here for a old-school CHGO or Chicago Audible Day game preview. I'm looking forward to really diving into everything you need to know heading into game day. Nick, how's it going, man? I'm pretty well, Will. How are you? I'm okay. I feel naked. I left my phone upstairs. I realized when we were doing the intro, I was like checking on my pockets. It's not a big deal. I'm podcasting, but I'm sure like you, like everyone in the world, when you don't have that thing nearby, it's just weird. Yeah, no, I, I forgot my phone one time going to this new dog park here in Arlington Heights and it's, it's five minutes away. Well, and I always put the GPS on there. I couldn't find it. I left my phone here and I just couldn't find it. I had to come back, get the phone. I'm like, oh, you make a right on this street. So I completely get it. Um, we are very connected to our phones. And, you know, a lot of people could say that. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely extensions uh, of ourselves. So like I said at the top, like this is our weekly game preview episode. We're going to discuss uh, the keys of success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share our weekly X factors, our bold predictions brought to you by Green Ridge Farm and a whole lot more and if you're here in the chat and i'll be reminding everyone throughout the episode but definitely leave some questions that you have for this game i would love you know for some time at the end of the episode for nick and i uh to answer those i think we had like a barrage last week if my memory Mm -hmm. serves me correctly we stayed an extra 10 15 minutes just answering questions and honestly nick that's like one of my favorite parts of the entire episode yeah just seeing where everybody's heads at just asking all these questions putting us you know on the fly too so Definitely, you know, skew those up for later in the show because we'll answer a bunch of them right at the end here. Yep. Sarah, our producer is in the backside of this thing. And every time she sees a question, she's going to put a star on it. And then that way we can pull those up towards the end. Before we actually jump in, one quick thing I want to like make sure everyone knows is like you definitely have a chance to come hang out with us on Sunday morning at the corner of Michigan Roosevelt at our CHGO Bears tailgate. It's officially tailgate season. That's happening again September 25th, week three, right before the Bears-Texans game. And we want you to come hang out with us. Keep these good vibes rolling. It's going to be the best party in the Windy City, full of you know food, brews, booze, games, some music from local DJs too. 
Uh, it's $34 for food and drink entertainment. $85 gets parking, pass, and what a mission. Nick, uh, are you looking forward to this tailgate? I know we have work later on at that day. We have to go to the game and cover it, but I still think I'm almost looking more forward to this tailgate. Okay, I am looking more forward to the tailgate. It's going to be a fun time, Will, and just being able to hang out with a, a lot of listeners and, you know, obviously people from CHGO. It's it's going to be a really good time. So before, you know, that Bears game at 8 a.m., be there because Will and I will be there until we have to go to Soldier Field to cover the game. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a first Bears tailgate. So make sure if you have the opportunity, definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm leaving an hour earlier than normal. And if anyone knows like how long my drive is already, I'm leaving like four in the morning to get up there for this thing. Uh, so definitely stop by and, uh, you know, maybe if you have an extra cup of coffee, hand it over my way. I may just need it. But Nick, let's get into the show. If you're watching, smash, shatter, bust. I don't care. Break the pieces to like button. I want to see that number go up throughout the entire episode. But it's time to talk about this game. Bears. Texans, Justin Fields 1-0 against rookies from his draft class after beating Trey Lane Lance week one. Can he make that 2-0 this week and beat Davis Mills and the Texans? Well, let's find out. And let's start with some offensive keys. And Nick, I want to hand it over to you. What's your first key on offense this week? Yeah, I think the first one, as you can see on the graphic here, just stay ahead of the chains. Matt Eberflus talked about it. Justin Fields talked about it after game. They've been talking about it all throughout the week here and we just saw an abysmal second quarter from the bears offense when they weren't able to do that so if if they can just gain some positive yards on first down that's going to set them up for success obviously in the two later downs and we just saw how bad it could get when you're not able to do that in last sunday night's a loss to the packers so staying ahead of the chains is going to be huge and as you can see from the second key here easy targets for, for Mooney, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet. Those are two guys that are supposed to be big key contributors for the Bears offense. And I think if you could scheme up things, like the first 15 players are usually scripted. Can you get these guys involved, get that confidence going early on? I'm, I'm sure their, their confidence is fine overall, even though it's just two games. But it would be nice to see those guys actually make a reception, make an impact in the passing game. You could, do the, you could combine those two keys well. The Bears offense is already going to look a lot better than what it did on Sunday night. <laughs> well, it can't look much worse than it did for those four straight drives. Uh, I will give them credit on the opening sequence and what they were able to do in that third quarter. And I'll talk about that uh, in my first key, but I'm actually going to switch my order up because your first key and my second key, uh, I think go hand in hand because when I was looking at what I want this Bears team to accomplish, I just want them to avoid in long situations, which almost is like a synonym for what, you just mentioned here, Nick, when I was watching this Texans-Broncos game earlier this week to seeing what was going on, this Texans defense did a really good job of forcing the Broncos offense to face some long situations, like early on and 11, third and 16. Each time this Texans defense is able to get off the field, they are the eighth best defense on third down in the NFL right now at 33% conversion rate, and only 25% was allowed to the Broncos. The Bears on offense, Nick, 14 percent on third down which is um let me check my notes i put gross which i think is a great yeah. term for it uh, last week when i'm looking at the texans defense they made a lot of impact plays two sacks seven quarterback hits five tackles for a loss and six passes defensed so like you nick you're talking about the bears 
they need to find ways to not shoot themselves in the foot and not move backwards, whether it be a, you know, a penalty, a holding, a false start, throwing the ball past the line of scrimmage, what have you, allowing a sack. The Bears did that plenty themselves. But this Texans defense is also very advantageous in forcing offenses to go backwards. So I think this is a very big key for this Bears offense and its chances of success. And they just have to find a way to limit those and long situations. And I have another key later on, actually a couple that will kind of hint into like as to why that should happen. But when you look at this Texans defense, Nick, like is there anything that like worries you in terms of like them being able to push this Bears offense backwards them themselves? Well, there are a couple guys on the edge that, you know, later on in the game, I think they they had some success. Like you see Jonathan Grenard. He was flashing a little bit for for the Houston Texans, a guy that you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got both chance to to learn about in the the pre draft process, and so he was making some flash plays. Christian Kirksey, I think, had the linebacker, the inside linebacker for the Houston Texans, had I, I would say like an up and down day, made some flash plays, and then there are times where he's trailing over, um, you know, just the middle of the field on, on drag routes and stuff. But it's it's like what they do so well is they make it difficult for you to move the ball for you know maybe three three quarters of the game and then you know it was really in the fourth quarter against the Broncos where they kind of started giving up these big plays so it's going to be about who can outlast each other and we know the Bears offense not usually the best ones to start a game except for that first drive and then it just stalls out and and the Houston Texans defense did a pretty decent job on on the Broncos last week for three quarters so it, it's really going to, I think it'd be like a little bit of a chess match between these two to fill each other out and to see who can really, you know, outlast each other. And hopefully if they find a move that works, AKA Luke Etsy, see something that's working, we can stick with it. That is really okay to do. Allow them to stop you before you end up changing your game plan. Uh, my first key though, that I kind of glossed over until we skipped because I wanted to get to my second one first is let it rip. And if you're a fan of the bear, mm-hmm. you may know exactly where I'm going to with this one, but it, <laughs> ideally it's just let Justin play. Houston has given up plenty of yards, 31st in the NFL, 433 yards per game allowed, but it's in the red zone where they play well. They're the fourth best unit there, 28.5% touchdowns allowed in the red zone. Hell, when you look at week one, Nick, they surrendered the Houston Texans defense 300 passing yards in that first contest of the year. So when I'm looking at this offense, obviously, I don't want them to come out just firing in all cylinders. I don't think that is the identity of this offense, but I do want them to take some calculated risks. We saw the deep ball to Mooney taking more shots like that kind of help this defense back up. Uh, There's some good stats about stack boxes and David Montgomery that I'll get into later on the show. But I do want the run to set up the pass. I don't want the Bears to get one dimensional and go away with what works. And let me be clear too: like in order for this key to work, like allow Justin to play and allow him to like let it rip, the Bears must establish a run like they did in the opening drive last week. And they must stick with that too to keep the defense honest. If not, like what's the damn point of it at all? And like I said, stack boxes. How many did David Montgomery face last week? Not a single one. That they were playing in coverage, and look what happened. The Bears were able to carve up this Packers defense on the ground. So if the Bears can run it as efficiently as they did last week in Green Bay, I think the Texans will be forced to put an extra defender in the box, thus opening up passing lanes downfield. This is a very much a yin and yang like relationship. It's complementary forces that balance one another. You need both. I understand. I've seen it all week. Hey, we need to let Justin Fields throw more. I I agree 100%. 11 passing attempts, not enough. But 
you have to have one in order to have the other. You need to have a running game in order for Justin to throw more because when you look at those three and outs last week, that was because they were trying to throw more and it just wasn't mm-hmm. working. So give yourself more first downs. Get yourself in second and manageable, third and manageable. Then you can throw that ball uh, just a little bit more. And if you move the chains, get another set of downs and thus you're going to get more passing attempts. What are your thoughts about letting Justin Fields kind of let loose a little bit this week? Yeah, see, I think the thing, well, you can't just throw to throw. Like like you were kind of just saying that. It has to be, like you said, complimentary. And Justin Fields said, talked about that in yesterday's press conference. Like, if we run the ball, that's going to set up our play action. So that's the identity of this Bears team right now, running the football. And they absolutely should use David Montgomery in that aspect and put Kahari Blasting game maybe in the offense a little bit more because good things happen. But that should help out Fields. That should help out Getze and get these targets that I was mentioning earlier, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, open. But I agree if they're – like, obviously we all know what the season's about, really, Justin Fields seeing what he has, but don't force it. Like, if the defense is giving you the run, you take the shot, and then afterwards you build off of that, and that's where you can maybe see some of these more, I would say, natural passing plays come, come to fruition. So – I completely agree with that, Will. Like, we want to see more out of Justin Fields. I think even Fields wants to see a little bit more of those opportunities himself. So, all for it. It just has to come within the natural game flow within Getsy's play calling. And then, obviously, just the situations that are given to them on each and every play and every down. And they could do that. Then you should see success in the passing game. I saw Doug Dyer in the chat, longtime listener of you and I, Nick. Uh, bear down right back at you there, Doug. One other reason why I think setting up the run will just be very important to allow some of these more natural passing plays that you're talking about, you know, those play actions, those boots, is that when I watch this Texans defense so far this year, like they're aggressive, but almost to a fault. And mm-hmm. when they get too aggressive, that can be countered with some misdirection. You know, get them moving one way out of position and then hit them in the other directions. You have counters on the ground, those play fakes, you know, those boots, pre-snap motion, you name it. There's a lot of ways to take advantage of an over-aggressive defense. And when you look a little further, this has led to the Texans being out of position and missing some tackles. They actually lead the NFL in missed tackles so far this year. So yards after catch, yards after contact should be a big focal point for the Bears this week. And another way you can take advantage of this defense and their aggression is to just change up the cadence. That's something we've heard about from Justin mm-hmm. Fields throughout the last year or so. And when you watch that Broncos game, Russell Wilson had him jump by, I think, two or three times just due to the hard count last week. So it's just another way to get some free yards and get yourself in those manageable positions. If you go from first and 10 to first and five, the playbook is wide open. So allowing yourself to do that, I think, really will help this Bears team just be able to keep all options, I'm going to say it, on the table. No, and I'm glad you mentioned like the offsides penalties that were on the the um, Texans defense because of, again, Russell Wilson. I had number 93, the defensive uh, tackle, Kurt Hinch, who jumped off sides a couple of times. So, yeah, Justin Fields needs to utilize everything that comes with being a quarterback, his cadence. He'll be at home. So there's more time. The, the defense is going to be more susceptible to those kind of things. So I think that if you Justin Fields can do the, some of those little things, ultimately the Bears will take every single yard they can get, to be completely honest. So that, that'd be a good way of doing that. And I think if you do, like you look at Stingley, their, their corner, and we'll probably talk about that. That's one of those guys, a little over-aggressive 
at times. So you can use that to your advantage if you're the Bears offense. Yeah, that's actually a sub key in my first key that I just for, for some reason looked over. Singly, a rookie, he can be targeted. Last week he had a pass interference and a deep completion allowed in the first half, uh, targeted for a completion on a fourth down. Uh, he, you know, When you look at uh, the fourth quarter, he had another breakdown in his end that allowed another big play between him and the safety, a miscommunication. And look, we're watching it right now in Chicago with Kyler Gordon. Like these rookie corners can be you know, hit or miss. They can have some ups and downs. And if you keep going at them, eventually they're going to make a mistake and you can capitalize on that if you're this Bears offense too so he's just another player that if we're looking at someone to kind of pick on a bit i wouldn't mind if luke Etsy dialed up some plays to his side of the ball no I, I completely agree with that well he was the number three overall pick and that's fine but he was targeted 10 times in that game so russell wilson this denver broncos office they knew what they wanted to do and six of those end up being completions and almost one for a touchdown that got reversed but yeah just like the houston Texans are probably seeing with kyler gordon the Bears should be thinking the same exact thing with Stingley. It doesn't matter that he's the number three overall pick. Test the rookie, see if he can hold up to it. All right, ready to switch sides of the ball and talk about this Bears defense and their keys to success here this week? Let's do it. All right, defensive keys are officially, it's time to go. And let's go ahead and talk about my keys here. My first key is this clean up the run defense. Damn it, is this this that like not obvious? The Bears allowed 5.3 yards per rush last week, 136 yards came after contact, 15 missed tackles, five rushes went for 10 or more yards, 12 first downs allowed on the ground. Like I can keep going on. I really could. So when I'm looking at this Bears defense, they need calculated aggression. They need to rein it in a bit. I talked about this Houston Texans defense being over aggressive. I saw that last week too from this Bears defense is getting out of position they need to be able to hold true to their gap integrity stay in a better position these run fits and flow to the ball much faster the entire defensive line needs to step up they need to actually tackle and according to coach flus this week they need to get lower on those tackle attempts contain 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 aaron jones ran outside 12 it was 15 carries it's 80 percent of the time by the way he averaged 9.7 yards per carry on these outside runs Oof. And that I'm looking at Alquadine Muhammad. He's just been a, such a letdown right now, not being able to hold his contain, not being able to flow to the ball on the outside too, just a real big liability. So whether his snap count goes down, Travis Gibson comes in, I think there are ways to kind of avoid that situation altogether. Damian Pierce, he's a high effort back with speed coming from the Texans, hard to take down on in the initial contact, averaging 3.5 yards after contact on average. 88 yards after contact already this season. And the Texans do a good job between mixing their run scheme overall between zone and gap. And they're going to use the fullback too. Last week, Nick, I don't know if you saw what I saw. I'm sure you did. The Bears struggled with lead blockers in space. The fullback, the mm -hmm. offensive line, you name it. They got bullied with anyone pulling to the strong side of the field on those gap runs. They just got gobbled up all game long, whether it's Nicholas Morrow, Roquan Smith, Someone in the secondary, they just could not shed those lead blocks and allowed just easy pickings for Green Bay on the ground. The Bears will need to do a better job of defending them yet again this week. What's your first key? Or if you have anything to say about mine. You know what? I'm going to start with my second key because Ooh. it, it kind of goes with what you were saying, Will. Like with Damian Pierce, it's going to be like gap discipline and going to need that like against a guy who is just a rookie running back at Damian Pierce, but a hard runner knows how to finish his runs. And against Denver's defense, they had a tough time bringing that guy down. And a lot of the bigger runs that the Houston Texans were able to generate 
came in the middle or in between the center and left guard. So whoever is the defensive lineman to that side of the ball, whoever's on who's playing the nose, you need to be ready for that because that's the better side of the Houston Texans offensive line. They were able to exploit that a couple of times throughout the game against Denver. So, and with, with Damian Pierce, like you need to wrap up. If you're trying to tackle high, you are not going to bring that guy down. There's a little bit of like a David Montgomery fierceness in his play when I was seeing there from him. And I know it's really early on, but he kept them in that game and he showed the vision to exploit the the defense when they didn't show that gap discipline. So really need to focus on taking that away from the Houston Texans offense, because if you do that, then I think it, it makes it more susceptible to create these turnovers and just have overall success on defense and bounce back from what happened and, you know, just Sunday night against green Bay. And then going to my first key, going to the other side of the offensive line, Titus Howard, number 71, Will, just gave up a lot of pressure uh, when it was going against, um, you know, that Denver Broncos defense. And I, I don't know if it was just being on the road, but it seemed like he was just laid off the snap consistently. So you were talking about Al-Qadim Muhammad. Hopefully it's Travis Gibson who's in the game uh, when he gets an opportunity to go against Titus Howard because I think there's a big opportunity there for him to really exploit the right tackle, get in Davis Mills' face, make him uncomfortable. Even if he doesn't get the sack, get pressure on Mills because he was inaccurate when he had a clean pocket. You can make it a little, uh, you know, obviously a little bit more congested in there. That's also not going to be good for him. And that leads me to, like, my last key, just force Davis Mills to beat you. It, he, he showed accuracy last year, but I think through two games, well, it's been really spotty for him. And whether he's being asked to move outside the pocket and throw in the run or just even from a stationary pocket, they're just inaccurate throws happening right now and maybe just going through a funk. Like we know that uh, Justin Fields didn't have his best game on Sunday night, but yeah, he's got to prove it. And if he could do that against a four-man rush and is able to diagnose the Bears defense and find the holes in the defense, then so be it. But I think that's the best way for the Bears to have success on defense. You can limit the rushing um, efficiency from Damian Pierce and let Davis Mills be the guy to throw all over you, then I think that's the way to honestly tr- to have the best day against Houston Texans. I 110% agree. And if you're watching the show, whether it's live or the replay, and you also believe the Bears need to be you know, much better in their run defense than their you know, run fits, Hit the like button. I, I think that's an easy one to agree to. But if the Bears can at least slow down the run, I, I believe they're going to at least attempt to establish it and keep at it, the Texans will. But if, if they can slow it down and put the game more in Mills' hands, then the Bears, my second key, is just taking advantage of a Mills mistake. Nick, you mentioned it. Mills is going to give the Bears chances to make a play on the ball. He's good at making quick decisions. Like He gets the ball out quick, but it's the placement that's iffy. And sometimes the decision itself, 56% completions on the year. And when I was looking at that Broncos game, before we got to halftime, I counted six passes that a Bronco could have came down with it. So this Bears secondary needs to just be advantageous because there will be chances. It's just a matter of capitalizing on them. Instead of just getting the PBU, come away with the interception. Let's get that takeaway, get that Bears back offense back on the field 
and we can go from there. And like you said, Nick, just even a little bit of pressure goes a long way. Mills can, like I said, mentioned he gets the ball out quick, but just make him think twice. And even if he makes the right throw, that accuracy can wane a bit, gives these defense chances and just, you know, coming away with it. Plus uh, on Wednesday, I don't know. Did you see the injury report with Mills on it? Yeah, I did see that, and I guess now it, it seems like uh, Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, said uh, about – I think it was his thumb, correct? Something about mm-hmm. his thumb. He said it, it, he doesn't think it's an issue, but anytime your quarterback appears on one of those injury reports, you just got to be cognizant of it moving forward. Uh, yeah, an injury to the thumb on his throwing hand, whether it's you know good enough to play, that could also affect – accuracy so it's just another reason why the bears should have chances it's just a matter of taking and making the most of them and my last key real quick for this bears defense is it's simple get off the damn field too many times last week that the bears failed to get off the field on third down uh 55 conversion allowed last week 50 percent on the year and worse there were just multiple scoring drives allowed last week against the packers and i feel like i can say this every year but on those scoring drives, the Bears failed to even put them in third down a single time, just allowing it to be way too easy for the Packers. So when the opportunity presents itself to get off the field, you just have to do it. The Texans average a league low 4.2 yards per play. They are not explosive, not one bit. Houston, they have been bad on third down, only 26% converted last week. Unfortunately, that's 12% higher than the Bears were. If they can just move the chains, the Texans, uh, with ease, I think the Bears will be in trouble. And quite frankly, Nick, it should not happen. No, no, it shouldn't. And, you know, getting off the field is going to be huge for this Bears defense. Here's what Laramie Tunsil said earlier in the week on a question about the Bears' run defense, which, again, ranks last in the NFL, allowing 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, He said, they're dead last? Hell yeah, we're licking our chops. Let's get it. Try to do our best I can in the running game and get our first W, 1-1-1. Sounds good. So the I think the Houston Texans know what they want to do. They see this Bears' defense and the inability to get off the field, the inability to stop the run. And they're looking at their rookie running back like, yeah, we are going to try to establish the run and try to beat you doing this. And now it's up to the Bears defense, Matt Eberflus, Allen Williams, to do something about it. When I look at this Texans team and just their offense, it reminds me of a lot of, well, a Levy Smith coach team. I think you have a running attack you can lean on. And then Davis Mills, I feel like Levy's trying to make his own new version of a Kyle Orton, that game manager, don't lose me the game type, but also like, I understand you're probably not going to win me the game, lean on my defense to bend, but not break, keep the score low, get some takeaways, some turnovers, and we'll have our best chance to win. It just feels like, I don't know, just very reminiscent of a lot of football that I grew up watching. No doubt about it. I think on Sunday, we're going to get like those flashbacks, like both these teams, honestly, will like they're so similar. It is going to feel like watching a Bears game when Lovey Smith was head coach. Are you concerned about Roquan's hip? Uh, I mean, so obviously we he didn't practice yesterday. He wasn't out on the practice field. He was in the locker room. He was walking fine, but obviously we'll, we'll get the injury report later today to see if he's still on it. But I'm not too concerned, Will. Uh, not as of right now when we're recording this podcast, but if he does appear on there tomorrow or later today, then we'll see. But right now, I'm feeling all right about Roquan Smith. Okay. Any final thoughts about this Bears defense? Any other minor keys that came to mind? Or just any final thoughts before we move on? You know, just real quickly with Kyler Gordon. I know we mentioned him, and he's probably going to be targeted again. 
Brandon Cooks is a guy that can line up outside, can line up in the slot. And that's that's a tough matchup for, you know, any uh DB and especially a rookie defensive back in Kyler Gordon. So want to see him have that bounce back game well. And Maddie Refluse talked to him on Monday, just kind of telling him like how to again rebound from a game like that. So want to see, you know, how he responds after not having a very good day in Green Bay. But that might be a matchup again that the Houston Tigers are looking at. We have the advantage here. Let's see if we can exploit it throughout the entirety of the game. All right, really good stuff. Uh, up next, we'll be doing our X Factors, Hoop Has the Edge, and some other fun segments. Uh, before we get to those fun segments, we actually have another really fun segment, which is our Bears Bold Predictions, brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. And Nick, I'll begin with my bold prediction this week. I have two takeaways for Daquan Brisker, an interception Ooh. and a fumble recovery for number nine, Manning, the back of the defense right there. So for me, uh, Daquan Brisker, who... We saw in training camp, we saw in the preseason, we saw week one, just being around the football, advantageous. I, I'm looking for two this week from the rookie. Well, it's it's crazy. Again, we've been doing this show for a long time, and it's not Jaquan Brisker for my bold prediction, but I went with the other safety, Eddie Jackson. You know, he was named an honorary captain yesterday. Davis Mills has, you know, had a lot of off-target throws and questionable decisions, like you were mentioning earlier. Pick six for Eddie Jackson. The last one he had was against the Lions, November 22nd, 2018. Man, it would be great to see Eddie. We've seen Eddie Jackson, I think, having a pretty good, a decent season so far. He gets a pick six against Davis Mills. And, you know, those are those game-changing plays you're looking for, those game-changing plays that he's capable of still making. He gets one for my bold prediction in this game against the Texans. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm glad that neither of us went with the offense. I think there's no reason a, for a bold prediction for the offense is almost like a typical just pro projection for any other offense. Like, hey, Darnell Mooney will score one touchdown. Like, woohoo. <laughs> like, it's not fun to do bold prediction. And honestly, I don't want to put that at him <laughs> at all. I don't want to even attempt to you know, curse or whatever you want to put on the other side of the ball here. Like I, I'm not even touching it. Uh, but Green Ridge farm, you mentioned some really good stuff about them last week. Like, I don't know. You guys still have any of those meats available when I make it up to the city? Cause they sounded really good. You know, uh, I was there on Tuesday in, in the office, uh, CHO studio. And unfortunately we didn't have any, uh, left and it, you know, it makes sense cause they're so Soccer. damn good, but but again, if you don't know about Green Ridge Farm, it's a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all-natural option. Uh, Green Ridge Farms are the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks like Will was just talking about. Perfect for tailgating. And we talked, we were talking about the tailgate that's going to be on Sunday for CHGO, so definitely check that out. And happy hour, you can do it for school lunches. And also has 16 grams of protein per stick. So perfect for a post-workout snack. So definitely check out Green Ridge Farms and everything they have to offer. Because, again, awesome product. And, you know, like I said, I wish on Tuesday we still had a little bit left. Because that jalapeno uh, meat stick that they had, oh, God, to die for. All right. And actually, we have one more thing to get to before we get into our X Factors. And, Nick, I'm going to pass the baton right back to you for a message from Chi-Town Cornhole. Yeah, it's a number and Chi-Town Cornhole is the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2017. The signature box style can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl and painted. 
They also come with built-in drink holders, which is super clutch anytime you're playing bags. And they they have LEDs that light up the holes, so you know exactly you know where where to hopefully uh, you know make the target in. And I'm not the best, but I will be playing on Sunday at the tailgate, which will be a fun time. And Chi Town Cornhole can't ship anywhere, and it also offers local pickups. Perk for the next company hangout, and of course tailgates and backyard barbecues. Check out Chi Town Cornhole. Dot com to see everything they have to offer. All right. This is the CHGO Bears podcast at Will DeWitt at Nicholas Moriano on Twitter. My L's, they're ones. I think you know that by now. But it's time to look into our X factors for this game. And Nick, I put a lot on you to talk about Green Ridge Farm and then Chi-Town Cornhole. So I will go ahead and kind of kick off these X factors here today. And my X factor, I'm going on offense, and it's David Montgomery. He's, we, my gosh, Nick, I've been just watching that play that he put on uh, last week against the Packers. They tweeted out the movie put on Darnell Savage. Like, that is like the Darnell Mooney I've been waiting to see throughout his entire time here in Chicago. And obviously, it takes an offensive line doing their job in front of him. But also, I don't think I've ever seen him just that elusive and like stringing combos like he did. It felt like but Mortal Kombat and just like boom, 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 like all the different combos that he was able to put together more so than I can even put in that video game, by the way. But just the, his ability to break tackles, the Bears should be able to lean on him. He can be effective on the ground as a rusher, also as a receiver, also as a pass blocker. And I think perhaps his ability to make the Texans, like I said earlier, stack the box. Open up the pass game is another underrated wrinkle and element that he can bring to the table this week. So if David Montgomery is allowed to eat and he does, you know, eat everything on his plate here this week and then some maybe goes for seconds. Justin Fields should be able to have a pretty efficient game too with his chances, his ability, because they're gonna be focusing on number 32. So that'll allow number one to just play a little bit more loose and without having to have a full defense back in coverage if they do end up stacking the box. That's why David Montgomery is my X Factor this week. What's yours? Yeah, and real quick, I think David Montgomery just reminded everybody how good of a running back he was last Sunday night. I know people were talking about, like, Khalil Herbert kind of making an emergence with what he did in the first week, but that's why 32 is 32, and the Bears need him to continue running the rock like he did last week against the Green Bay Packers. My X factor is something that Matty Refluse keeps talking about, mental stamina. And I bring this up because if you just look at the last quarter of that Broncos and Texans game, and you look at Russell Wilson, how he played. For the first three quarters, it wasn't very good. The, the Broncos had six points, I believe, through three quarters. Then right at the start of the fourth fourth quarter, the very first play is a 35-yard gain. You talked about that play earlier, Will. But they also had gains of 22, 10, 20, 16. And Russell Wilson finishes five for eight um, for 103 yards and a touchdown. And that's what Matty Refus was talking about. At the end of games, his team should have the capability to keep on playing at a high level. And we saw the Texans weren't capable of that. Right when it hit that fourth quarter, they gave up these big plays. And I'm not saying that Justin Fields is going to go out there and do exactly what Russell Wilson did. But, man, if they could just, I said earlier, outlast his opponent and wait till that final quarter, even, even if it takes till the final quarter, that could be huge for the Bears and pulling off the victory against the Houston Texans. But mental stamina. Uh, Matty Rufus has been preaching it, has been talking about it. Let's see it happen in this game against the Texans on Sunday. Do you know what would really help the Bears' chances? And maybe it's the X Factor I saw from Nomad. Flus has to get a better polo. 
bring out the white polo. It was working so good in the preseason. I understand week one, you're in a torrential downpour the entire time. But when you went to Green Bay and I saw the blue polo, I was like, oh, come on. And you're wearing the away jerseys. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. But if he brings back the white polo that we saw in the preseason, I think that gives the Bears the entire edge. So uh, just, okay, when it gets cold, though, is he still expected to wear just the polo? Or we, can we do something for Flus? Can he wear, like, a long sleeve underneath, a thermal? Like, like how, how is he going to be able to, you know, manage these? Don't cold, they make long sleeve polos? All right, so that still works, right? A white long sleeve polo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's what I would perfect. do. He's good. He's All go. right. At least he didn't disagree with me. Like uh, The white polo had oh. some magic to it. And honestly, it was a good look. But anywho, we'll get to back to like the actual stuff that matters here. And I want to determine who has the edge. And Nick, you're up first. You have the Bears pass attack versus this Texans pass defense. And before I allow you to just jump right in, does Lucas Patrick go to center this week? And if so, how much does that impact your decision here? I'm glad you brought that up, Will, because I think that could be a big, you know, it's going to change, obviously, this offensive line of what we've been seeing, but he was snapping yesterday for the first time in what feels like forever. So if Lucas Patrick is able to just play the center position, you have Tevin Jenkins at right guard for the entirety of the game, that does help this Bears passing attack. I really do believe that. But and then going back to who has the edge, the Bears passing attack versus the Texans pass defense, I have the Bears slightly here. I still need to see it from the Bears. Obviously, we didn't see much of it against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night, but just having that addition to the offensive line, I think there's going to be more of an emphasis to actually get the passing game more involved in this game. There are some matchups that I do like for the Bears in terms of maybe getting Darnell Mooney involved, and I just think that by the end of the game, we'll say, okay, the Bears passing tech looked a lot, maybe not a lot better, it looked better than what we saw at green bay so i'll give it to the bears on this one i i commend you man i after what we've seen through the year so far it to me it's one of those where i set my expectations minimum and i allow them to exceed them uh, but the fact that you're confident makes me confident at the end of the day uh, I, I like feeling that way too uh, i have the bears rush attack versus this texans run defense and I'm giving this one straight up to the Bears. Houston allows 4.7 yards per carry this season. That's been a consistent number throughout each of the two games. So it's not skewed. It's not like one week they gave up 10 and one week it was two. It's been for about 4.7 week one and week two. So I kind of know what we can expect here this week. The Bears last week against the Packers, we've talked about it. Able to carve them up. 6.7 yards per rush. That was the second highest in the league in week two. Don't look at who was number one. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> However, I feel like if if it doesn't matter who's playing, I would say offensive line this week in terms of like if it's the same people, I'd be okay. But if Lucas Patrick does go to center and Tevin Jenkins is your full-time right guard, like that makes the edge, I think, a little bigger too because both of them are upgrades uh, run blocking uh, from Sam Mustafer. So when you have both of them next to each other, that's best case scenario because – I saw Tevin Jenkins paving the way last week and the third quarter in the drive that should have been a touchdown, but they didn't call it a touchdown. That was a drive with Lucas Patrick at right guard too. So they were kind of interchangeable playing well. And I think getting both out there at the same time would just make this Bears run offense that's rushing attack even more dangerous than it has been just hammered on the right side. You have Cody White here on the left who's been hit or miss so far right now, but still like you can lean on that right side of the offensive line and really do some really good things. So for me, Bears have the edge here. 
pretty much hands down. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's a you know fair to say, Will, and you know just having Tavon Jenkins get a whole game to play, like I think that's going to be big. I, I, just to, just to see how he can continue to build off good plays because I felt like there were some drives where he should just stayed in the game, and now hopefully he'll get that opportunity to do so. And both players getting to play a full game and just get into a flow, get into a rhythm, just takes it up one more level. So I'm glad we're on the same page here. Nick, back to you. Texans rushing attack, which we've already talked about. A little slippery, a little dangerous versus this Bears run defense that, uh, as we mentioned, got awful. Yeah, it's been bad, Will, and they have to prove it to me that they can stop anybody on the ground first. So I'm taking the Texans here. When you look at Damian Pierce's stat line, 15 carries, 69 yards. Nice. Uh, but it's just there, there's that's what they're going to do coming into this game. They're gonna run the ball. And until somebody on this Bears defense, and that includes Roquan Smith maybe stepping back up and the guys on the edge ceiling and holding their block or getting off blocks and being able to, you know, just shed a guy and make a tackle. I need to see it. So far we haven't. And I think if this is gonna be a, a tough test again, and I know it's a rookie running back, but we, you talked about it. It's a Lovey Smith-led team. We know they're going to run the ball. You know, they have a game manager right now in a Davis Mills. So they're going to do probably what the Bears are going to do offensively, run the ball, set up the play action. So when it's all said and done, I'm giving this one to the Texans. Yeah, it's almost like looking in a mirror in some ways here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, I have the Texans pass attack versus the Bears pass defense. And just like my first one, I'm giving this one to the Bears. Really, the only true threat is Brandon Cooks. Uh, and the one big concern is when he goes into the slot because Kyler Gordon, as we know, ha- has been eh. Although there are plays where I was very happy with his play, but the bad outweighed the good last week. And I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people are kind of remembering most, which I totally understand. And for Kyler Gordon, all we need to do is see growth from week two to week three. And that's what I want to see. But luckily, like I said, they don't put Cooks in the slot a lot. Only 33% of his targets last week came in a slot. Maybe they'll change if they see the matchup that they want to exploit. Uh, but he was very effective in a slot. Three targets, three catches for 49 yards. So if Gordon can't hang, Nick, like we have a problem. You know, main slot guy, Chris Moore, he's a much better challenge for number six. But again, it really depend on how much the Texans saw that on film and how much they actually want to attack Kyler Gordon with Cooks. And we mentioned Mills earlier in the show and the, the chances that both of us expect to have only 56% completion. I think he's very lucky to not have any interceptions so far this season. They have five drops as a team already. That's 10% of the targets hitting the grass after it already hit some hands for the Texans this year. They've allowed six sacks this season. No touchdowns from wide receivers. Only OJ Howard has the two receiving touchdowns for the team so far this year. So I'm going to give this one to the bears. Uh, Again, they're not an explosive team. And I think lack of explosion does cater to the bears strings on defense too. So the bears will have the edge in this one. I like it. Will. I like it. So that's three out of the four, right? Yes. 75%. The only thing is that bears run defense, which again, totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, let's do some quick over-unders. I set some lines here for us because we didn't get a play last week, and I missed it. So mm-hmm. let's go with uh, Justin Fields, 181 and a half passing yards. Sounds like a lot, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. That sounds like a 
could be a half for some quarterbacks, right? Uh, I'm going under. And again, I don't think that's an indictment on Justin Fields, but they're going to want to run the ball well. So I'm going under that number. I'm optimistic. I'm going to say over just because this Texans defense, they allow a lot of yards. It's the red mm-hmm. zone where they really stiffen up. So if they are as loose in the back end as I expect, then I then we can go over, although I'm not overly optimistic i'm just hoping for the best here there you go what about mills at 215 and a half passing yards definitely going under on that one too like i said they're gonna want to run the ball with damon pierce so under 215 okay right there with you montgomery this is the line i saw uh but it was 66 and a half yards rushing i thought that was a little low it does sound low. I, I take the over on David Montgomery at 66 and a half. Again, they're, they're barely going to want to run the ball too. So mm-hmm. going over 66 there. What about Damian Pierce at 58 and a half? I'm going over. I'm going over on the 58 and a half. We talked about the Bears uh, run defense. Not the best right now. So over on that as well. If I disagree, I'll let you know. But so far I'm rolling. We have one more though. Brandon Cook, 60 and a half yards receiving. Hmm. I'm go under. I feel like, uh, I mean, he's the he's the one wide receiver that can definitely be, he's going to be the most targeted. I know Nico Collins actually was last week, but he should be the focal point of their offense. But I'll go under because I'm being optimistic. Okay. I'm right there with you. Uh, on the outside, if he's lined up against Johnson, like Jalen has like not really been targeted so far this year. So that's pretty much shut down. You have Vildor, Gordon, that sort of things get shaky. But then you also have Mills throwing the ball, which brings it down a peg, too. So I'll go under. All right. So up next, we got what, our MVB. We said to tell you who's going to win, our confidence meters. And I see 12 questions already starred that we're going to get to. So if you have a good Bears-Texans question, now is your time to throw it in the chat. Uh, before we get to all of that to end the show, I want to let you know, uh, about game time game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows ever dreamed of sitting in the seat you never thought you could 50 yard line court side behind home plate floor seats at a concert it's possible with the game time app the biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy you won't find a better deal this season on the bears uh, than you can on game time created by the fans for the fans. Something I can definitely relate to. It guarantees the lowest price. So definitely go check out game time. And if you love show, you're going to love them. The best way you can support us is by buying your tickets through the link right here in the description, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's your podcast player, join the over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. So if you're going to the CCO bears tailgate, and you want some good seats for a really good deal, download the game time map, use that link that we have in our description, and get yourself a good seat after you have a good time at our tailgate. It sounds uh, perfect to me, Will. I, I just saw real quickly, uh, we were talking about Lucas Patrick. It looks like he will be snapping again today in practice, so trending in that right direction to uh, hopefully playing center this Sunday, which is which is obviously a good thing. And before we tell you who's going to win the game, MVBs, and all that good stuff, just got to tell you really quickly about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best sports coverage on all your favorite teams, so now it's time to get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO's got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles 
FOCO. Looking for that perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Wow. You, you were talking about hoodies. Today's the first day of fall. We're getting into hoodie weather season finally. And I was looking at the weather for Sunday, and it feels like an official fall day, high of around 65-ish degrees. I did see a little bit chance of showers in the forecast. Uh, yet again, Pretty I don't know Sunday. what it is. I know. Yeah. Every Bears game, just like there's a chance of rain. Like, let's just have a nice 60-degree fall day. Like, that's perfect. Love that. Let's, uh, let's hope for the best here, but yeah, FOCO has you covered. Nick, let's kind of get into the final portion of our show, and let's begin with our MVB predictions. Who is going to be the most valuable bear at the end of the game come Sunday? And Mr. Moriano, I'll defer to you. Yeah, I wanted to go with someone maybe a little different here. I was, I was going to say Justin Fields, but I'm going to go with Travis Gibson as the MVB here. Obviously, he had the two sacks on Aaron Rodgers uh, last Sunday night. One dude, a really just effort, just kind of working around the tackle there. The other one, he dipped under the tackle. But like I said earlier in the show, I like his matchup against Titus Howard. I think he can win consistently against him. When, if, you know, he does get the opportunities and the snaps in that game over Afudi Muhammad. And he also had that pressure on Aaron Rodgers, too. So it's not just about getting sacks. It's like just making Davis Mills uncomfortable so mvb at the end of it all travis gibson all right outside the box but a player who's been very good so far this year it's just he hasn't been able to go on the field because i don't know <laughs> that's a question for alan williams to tell us uh the answer to but yeah i, I like that one a lot and if you have an mvb that you think is going to happen on sunday throw in the chat i already see a handful coming in i love to see uh, those keep popping up on our screen, I'll go to mine, Nick. I'm going offense. Shocker, David Montgomery. He was my X factor. I don't want to rehash everything that I mentioned for him as like my X factor, but those are the same exact reasons why I believe he'll be the MVP. Heavily relied on this game. Texans are really good at missing tackles. I'm not going to complain about that. David Montgomery is really good at breaking tackles, avoiding tackles. Like I talked about the move on Darnell Savage, but the more you watch it, like did you see how he made Amos? totally miss like whiff on that tackle attempt near the line of scrimmage. Like there's no room for Montgomery to go yet. He somehow made a move that number 31 for the Packers, former bear couldn't even touch him. Like that stuff's incredible. Yeah. David Montgomery, when he's on and gets those opportunities, like he's on, he, he can show you he's one of the best backs in the league. And he did Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. So if the Bears can just realize like, hey, you can feed 32 all you want. He can handle the workload and just lean on him and then allow that to open up the pass game. Like just like that's the reason why he's the X factor. It's also the reason why he can be the most valuable bear, even if he's not catching the pass. Like if they have to account for him, stack the box that has a lot of value in its own right. I see a lot of David Montgomery. I see for uh, Bojack, Eddie Jackson, uh, St. Brown, Darnell Mooney. Uh, it's a lot of good stuff in here too. Really good stuff. Everyone in the chat really appreciate that. All right, Nick, I feel like I know where this is going to go. Uh, we have to determine who's going to win. Uh, although like we have any say, but we're going to predict who we think will win this game. Last week you hopped on the bear side of things. And uh, unfortunately that wasn't a good time to do it. Who wins this week? Well, 
I need to win one of these. Like I'm over two so far in the season, but based off of this conversation we've been having and how the bears go in, I'm going with Chicago to bounce back. Uh, I have them winning 20 to 10. It, it might actually be like 20 to 13 now that, you know, just kind of talking with you will, but I have the bears winning. They have the better quarterback. I think they can fix those mistakes on defense. A lot of those missed tackles, and overall, I just think that when you look at both these rosters, they both are not they, – they're not very talent-heavy. But when you have, I, I think, the advantage at quarterback, which I know Fields needs to show that because he didn't really on, on Sunday night, but I think this will be a bounce-back game for him too. We talked about um, David Montgomery, obviously, and what he how much of an impact he can make. But I have the Bears winning this one, 20-10. to 10. Why would it have gone up to 13 after this conversation? I want to know. Uh, I just think the only way that the Houston Texans were scoring were with field goals. They scored three of them last week. So, like, you know, let me give them an extra field goal there. And I just don't think touchdowns are not their thing, just like uh, this Bears offense. That's the thing, though. They don't score many touchdowns, but they also don't give up a lot of touchdowns either. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have it being a very low-scoring game, although I guess my score, my final score is uh, Bears 17-14. to So that's one field goal between the two teams. Maybe – I should have thought about that score a little bit more, but I just don't know how either offense scores 20 or more points. Uh, I think 20 is what? Is that the max that the Texans have allowed this year? Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. Yep, and the Bears have scored 19. Yeah. They're they're top. It's going to be an old-school, low-scoring, defensive-focused football game, so buckle your seatbelts for those old-school folks. But yeah, I have the Bears winning. I think they should be able to move the ball against the Texans defense. It's just a matter of capitalizing in the red zone. And even if they don't, a mistake or two from Davis Mills, as long as the Bears take care of the football themselves, should be enough to put the Bears over the top. But it's I think it's going to be a slugfest. And it's not going to be like a pretty game of football. You're not going to see a lot of highlights on NFL Network, ESPN after the fact. But at the end of the day, I expect the Bears to be on top. And that's going to make me a happy man driving all the way back home that night uh, after uh, I'm seeing a long day at Soldier Field, but I'm not trying to complain. I meant like a long day in terms of like we're going to be there for a long time mm-hmm. doing what we love. Uh, so I want to make sure at least I put it in that context. All right. So we both have the bears winning. You have a wider margin than I, but we both have it being a very low scoring game. So when you're looking at everything, how confident are you in the bears to win this game? Obviously we do a skill every week, one to 10. It's our confidence meter. We've been doing this for years. Where are you at? I'm at a I'm at a six will. Uh I know it's um obviously I have the larger gap in in the victory than you do, but still like we need to see those missed tackles on defense be fixed. We need to see them be able to stop a rushing attack. We need to see Justin Fields bounce back. And if they're able to do those things and you know add some play action on offense, then maybe you hit some of those bigger plays and incorporate those playmakers that have been missing in this Bears offense. And you know, the Houston Texans are thinking the exact same thing though. So if they could do all those things that I just mentioned for the Bears, then maybe they're they're the ones that can actually, you know, make this a, a more competitive game. But I still, I have the Bears winning, but I have it as a six ring. I see Tony Daly from the Irish Bears show, a real good pal of mine, saying this is a bounce-back game. Love the way you're framing that there, Tony. Totally agree with you there. I'm sitting at a seven. By the way, that confidence meter graphic. We're getting futuristic over here at CHGO. Uh, that was a pretty slick looking meter, if I say so myself. But I'm sitting at a seven. 
I'm not going to sit here and say like this Bears team is going to win hands down. Like there are ways this Bears like the Bears can lose. Uh, we talked about with Cody on After Dark on Monday when you look at the line. Like the NFL is even like making it pretty much a toss up. They don't know which way this sure. is going to go. Uh, but when I just look at both rosters and what I expect from both teams, the Bears should do enough to win, and that's why I'm seven. It's it's kind of like yeah, we should win, but also like if they lose, I'm not I'm not going to like beat my head uh for it because like i can see it happening so seven seems like a good safe confident number for me so i can keep my expectations you know grounded here this week after where i was at last week heading to the green bay game it's like back down to earth and now my goal is like Mm -hmm. hold on tight nick and not allow myself to get too far ahead yet again because it the come down hurts it always does and you know i Against Green Bay, it, it hurts even a little bit more. Just like Justin Fields said yesterday, it hurt a little bit more losing to Green Bay on Sunday night. If you're confident that the Bears are going to win, hit the like button. If you think the Bears are going to win, hit the like button. And if you think the Texans are going to win and you're a Bears fan and you're watching this show, Nick, what should they do? They should probably hit that like button. I think that's solid all the way around. I, I believe we put a pretty good preview here in place. It's worth a thumbs up. Maybe, you know, multiple. If you have the capabilities. I don't know if you do or not, but all right. We have a lot of questions out here that got started. So we have about, you know, five minutes. Maybe we'll go a little over yet again, but let's go. Doug, if you already hit the like button, you're my best friend. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Let's throw up some questions, Nick, and then let's have some fun to wrap things off. Oh, we got super chat. Steve, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, you are welcome because he's thanking us at the top. Always great shows when we're both on. Uh, I appreciate that too. Uh, uh, the chemistry, it's undeniable. Have you heard any trade rumors including Kenny Galladay and Robert Quinn? Nick, have you? I I have not. Uh, I must have missed those trade rumors circulating on Twitter. I have not heard anything about Robert Quinn. And yeah, probably just rumors. <laughs> Doug in the chat said he's replaced you now because I said he's my best friend. Oh, well, it happens. <laughs> Thanks. I thought you were going to be a little more hurt by that. Uh, any injury updates here? Um, I um, mean, Bayless, other than yesterday, right? yeah, we had Rokon with the hip, Valus with the hamstring. You had um, Griffin, um, Ryan Griffin with the Achilles, and then Dane Crookshank with the um, hamstring as well. So the, those haven't uh, come out yet for today because the bears haven't practiced press conferences are going on right now. So probably later in the day. My thought is Valus doesn't play right. Not again. Like after not practicing like DNPs are just not a good sign. And for someone coming off a soft tissue injury, I just don't expect him to go from like, you know, a DNP to like, Oh yeah, he's going to play on Sunday. Yeah. It's an uphill battle for him and he was suited up, you know, all full pads, but yeah, did not practice yesterday. As uh, AGM Productions in the chat said, like getting Patrick practicing is huge, though. So if like if we're trying to like look at the silver linings, at least we're getting something back. Hopefully this week, maybe next week we get Valus, and then you know we're just at least trending up is better than kind of standing still. Rockstar eighty asks, can you see the Bears drafting a QB in the twenty twenty three draft? New regimes usually want their own guy at quarterback. Whew, it's only week three. And we're talking about possibly drafting a QB. Like, can I see it? Yes. Like, obviously, like that option is there. But as of right now, I'm hoping that the Bears trust that Justin can be the guy, but also like they aren't doing themselves any due diligence if they're not at least looking at what's available in this year's draft. 
No, yeah, they have to be honest. They don't know what's going to happen with Justin Fields and his progression, but they are expecting a big jump this season. Has it happened yet? No, it hasn't. Through two games, it has not. But I, yeah, it's, for me, I don't think that's going to be the what, what happens in the end, but could it? Yes, it could happen. All right. J.R. Mayberry. Hey, how's it going, J.R.? Longtime listener of the show. What's this week's matchup to watch during the game? Nick, I think you had a really good one during your keys earlier in this game, but do you have another one or just a matchup that you're like, this is the one to watch? Yeah, so I think, again, defensively for the Bears, going uh, Travis Gibson going against Titus Howard, their, their right tackle is going to be one I'm watching. Roquan Smith versus Damian Pierce, right? I mean, I think that's a guy that he didn't, Look, Roquan did not win his matchup against Aaron Jones, that Packers rushing attack. Can he be more of a factor in this one? A bounce-back game for just him uh, against the Texans, that's obviously one to watch as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. I don't know if I have any others that are screaming to me as the one. It's just looking at, I mean, Cooks is the one to stop on defense. If you're looking for someone, Mm -hmm. like if he goes on Kyler Gordon, I think that's like your eyes should be glued to that matchup because most likely like that's where the ball's going to go. Cooks has, I think it's like 12 off the top of my head targets, more targets than anyone else on the team. Like Mills is heavily favoring, you know, his most talented player, you know, go figure. The Bears can't do that with Darnell Mooney right now for some reason. So yeah, once he goes into the slot, which he will each and every game, like against Kyler Gordon, to me, that's a huge matchup to watch here in this one because that could be the Achilles heel of this Bears defense that if they find a way to get that moving, which they haven't been able to pass the ball well this year, then we can have some problems. Good question. Yeah. Tony, uh, how do you guys feel about the decision over the past two games to swap Jenkins and Patrick at right guard? Uh, let me start off with this one here, Nick, because I know a lot of people are aggravated and I, I shared a, you know, a clip of Tevin Jenkins showing a, how good he's playing and like, I want him on the field more, but like when I think about it, and again, we get Lucas Patrick back this week. I'm okay with him having reps week one and week two. So when he's injected into the starting lineup for someone that got hurt at the very beginning of training camp, at least he's a little bit callous. At least he has some conditioning, some game shape going on. And he's not just thrust into the fire. And then we're sitting here talking about, okay, we have Lucas Patrick back, but give him a week or two to kind of get back into flow of things. At least now I can look at him like, Hey, he's been playing with the cast on gas is off. He should only get better than what we've already seen him at right guard. Tevin Jenkins had some time to kind of ease into his new position too, gain some confidence. So as frustrating as it is to like, watch your former second round, your, your second round pick go off of the field that we're super high on and excited to watch play and playing well, it may be best case scenario to allow the bears to kind of get off the bus running. And I mean that literally. So for me, well, I think the first game completely understood it. You wanted to get Lucas Patrick involved. He was healthy enough to at least play, just obviously not snap. Then game two, I'm like, okay, I I get why you're doing it. But also, now that this is the timeline where he is going to potentially be the center in week three, I get why you wanted to still get him reps in week two, get him to a rhythm, get him into game time action. So it made now that if again he is playing center on Sunday, it makes sense why he did the rotation, and hopefully you just see an overall better product from your center to your right guard because you have been giving those guys playing time. So I understand why the Bears did. Yeah, and if Lucas Patrick, like I said, he wasn't bad out there. Pat uh, Jenkins maybe had a little bit more oomph and some push, but also mm-hmm. he was playing with a club. You can't grab and you can't steer your your guy that you're blocking with one hand. So. 
Lucas Patrick should only be able to play a little bit better. And Unless also, like Clark. Unless you're Kenny you. Clark and you shut yeah. Sam Mustafer out of the way with one hand. <laughs> Woo! That's fair. So, I mean, it's Sam Mustafer, though. Uh, we, we know what to come to expect. And uh, it's not great football. And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Drew TV has 20 total passes over under. What was it? Over. Week one, they had 19? No, 18? Because they had 11 last there. week. Um, I I guess over? It, sh- it should be over, Will. Like, come on. Man, like this is this is the NFL in 2022. Like you can throw like 20 passes in a half, uh, you know, for more most offenses. But I think it's over. I don't want to see Justin throw 40 more times. I think that's not ideal in this matchup whatsoever. That would mean the Bears were playing from behind yet again against the Texans True. team that they shouldn't be playing from behind. Really, at least a, a de- obviously they get the ball first to go down and get a field goal fine but i mean they shouldn't be down multiple scores against this texans team so i'll say over two agm productions what's up how do you guys think larry borm is played do you think he can eventually get replaced by riley reef that's a really good question too because borm hasn't been perfect by any means uh but i feel like his play right now has been good enough to not get replaced and i don't expect him to get worse as the season goes on but like I, I think you're asking is because there have been moments of uh, bad blocking. Uh, we've seen a few pressures allowed from him too, uh, getting out of position for some of these run plays. So I get it. I just don't know if it's been that bad yet. What are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I don't think it's been that bad yet. And also, I don't, I don't really know. Well, Riley Reef has now moved over to left tackle again. Hey, that's where mm-hmm. he was getting reps last time. So it's like. Yes, could he be your backup right tackle? Theoretically, yes, he has gotten some reps there. But most recently, he was getting reps as the backup left tackle. So uh, for Riley Reef, um, a guy that can probably play both sides. But yeah, for me, it, like like you will, it hasn't been that bad from Larry Borum that I'm already thinking who who's the backup that can replace him. Exactly. And good old Jonathan. Long-time listener, fan of ours. Uh, Nick, you can read this question. Yeah, Jonathan asks, what is the odds that Stash makes it way back uh, before week five? Um, probably not week five, Jonathan, to be completely honest, but it, it will return at some point. I, I promise you that, but not week five. Maybe. Going for like a November thing? Yeah, see, that was the plan, going for a November thing. But I don't know. I just have days where I wake up, it's like, it's time for the mustache. Or it's time to, sh- you know, just shave off the face, go clean shave. I don't know. Who knows? But I don't think it's going to return before week five. Wow, we uh, we wake up in totally different ways. Like, the, my facial hair is not the first thought that I have when I wake up. It's usually, where the hell's the coffee and how's my baby doing? But uh, I understand, Nick, must- the mustache is your baby. Yes. Yes. JR Mayberry, can you guys play your bear down song at the end of your Thursday episodes for old time's sake? Man, I missed that outro too, JR. I really do. I don't know. Uh, I don't know here at CSGO if we can. Uh, I know like previously we did have permission from the band to use that song. Uh, I don't know if it carries over anymore. And I think we're just being cautious. Uh, But I like the way you think and like you, like that's a hell of a way to end each and every episode on a high. So, uh, I don't know is the answer, and I wish I could is the other answer. <laughs> I like it. All righty. I think we're good on questions there. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for pulling those up here throughout the end of the episode to kind of help us out and get some good questions our way. I think this is a great way, Nick, 
each and every week for us to kind of end these game preview episodes. Uh, if you liked this content, if you liked Nick and I's preview, we've said it a few times, hit that damn like button. We'd really would uh, appreciate that. My goal is to have this be like the most liked video like each and every week here on the channel. I think we hit that goal last week. Let's see if we can do it again. Only 62 likes, but 215 watching. Uh, come oh, on. Let's go. Please. I said please, so hopefully that number goes up now. I'm a kind man, and, and I try to make that come through here uh, on the show. But uh, that's it for today's episode. We will see you on the post-game show Sunday from Soldier Field. Make sure you're following Nick at Nicholas Moriano on Twitter. Me on Twitter, too, at Will DeWitt. My L's are ones for all of the coverage uh, that we're going to have from the Bears game. And, of course, you can see what's happening at that Bear, CCO Bears tailgate if you're unable to make it too but that's gonna do it for us here this week see you on sunday and of course bear down chicago